it's been busy lately. It's been earning season, and I love earning season because there's so much. There's so many more opportunities to do, not just necessarily on the earnings, but it stirs up so many stories and tons of stupid news trades and other things. So today I want to go through a few of them that have happened lately. There's been some some really good ones. And Brent and I need to do a stupid news podcast. We have done a few trades recently. One of them was a Smile Direct Club, symbol SDC. And we'll go through that on the other podcast when we break it down. But we're still in that trade right now. And that was a nice stupid news trade based on a bunch of allegations and tweets of old information that was posted in a statement or in a filing by them about a year ago that caused the stock to go down like 60 or 70% since the IPO came out. But there was some news around 12 and a half and then again at 11 and then again, they pushed it all the way down to 880. I think the stock is trading around 1120 right now. So we'll go through that in a different, in the other podcast that we have. We haven't actually updated that in a while, but we will. Um, But the one I want to talk about today Two of them, actually, Tesla and Netflix. So these are good examples. Even if this isn't your time frame or you don't care or you're a longer-term investor, I think you benefit from this kind of thinking. It's really, it's not about technical indicators or all this other stuff and systems and things. People want to just make it easy and make it really structured. But it's about how people think and how you can think second, third order around that. And so on that note, the first one I want to talk about is Netflix. So Netflix has broken pretty hard from the highs. It's a heavily owned retail stock. Everyone knows Netflix. Everyone is familiar with it. And those stocks, those emotional stocks like that, Roku, Netflix, Tesla, tend to have a lot of good trades at times because they're so sentiment-driven. The fundamentals almost don't matter in terms of the medium term, short term, because we're never going to get any edge on fundamentals on companies that are that big, that are that widely studied. There's just zero point. And even technical analysis too, there's just no point. Everyone's watching the same stuff. So sentiment is what moves the stock. So the way that, one, the let me start with the Netflix trade. So the earnings came out and they had a bit of miss last time. They had a big drop in subscribers and they were having their guidance held pretty high this time, meaning they thought there was going to be a nice bounce back. But Disney um, Plus or Apple Plus and um, AT&T is going harder with HBO now, HBO Go. So everyone's thinking, well, you know, if Netflix beats, it doesn't matter because there's just all this competition coming. So it's probably going to go down. But even if it goes up, it's BS. So that's whenever the point here is whenever someone has an easy reason to justify a, a position, it usually goes against them in that, in that direction. And, I, and the next Tesla example is more extreme. But for the Netflix example, so we were watching, Brent and I were watching this uh, Netflix earnings report. And the number comes out. It's about as expected, maybe a little worse because their guidance was a little lower. And the stock just slowly starts grinding up and then just explodes, I think, 20 or $25 higher right after hours and opens up the next day. And it makes no sense. And everyone was writing articles about how it makes no sense. The report is at best neutral, but with the bad guidance or the weaker guidance, it's a negative report. Why would the stock go up 25 points after hours? It's because everyone gets short because they think about all the reasons why Netflix is going to struggle in the future. And if you read the message boards and you read the earnings previews, you can see this narrative of, well, it's probably going to go down, but if it goes up, it's BS. Well, it's a good way for you to justify being short. And then when you're wrong, there's a massive short squeeze with everyone else. And then it ended up going all the way back down when everyone figured that out after everyone puked their shorts 
causing the huge move up. Then it went back down and kind of followed the original idea of the report not being that great. Well, the Tesla one I thought was even even better, even more extreme. So Tesla went all the way down to 180. Everyone knows that's a crazy stock that everyone loves to loves to love and loves to hate. And stock went down to around 220, went to 180, back up to 260, down to 220. And it's sitting at about 260 before the report. And so I'm reading through all the previews and reading the comments on all the message boards. And I can see, you know, extreme opinions both ways. But one, well, this was before the report. Okay, so the report comes out. They have a, a beat that shows that they're profitable, which is a huge surprise. But there's all these one-time things in the event, like regulatory credits and a bunch of weird shenanigans, like leasing benefits and things that don't really make the report look as strong. So the stock has a huge rally after hours. And right away the next day, there's all these Seeking Alpha articles posted and all these comments on the message board, of multiple Yahoo boards, Seeking Alpha boards, stock twits, Twitter. And pretty much universally, the narrative from the shorts is, this is total crap. They have all these one-time all these one-time benefits and this is never going to, it's fancy accounting, cooking the books and it doesn't exist. It doesn't work. So the next day the stock opens up at 300. So it's up 40 points, comes down a little bit to 290. It just can't go lower, sits there around 300 and then just starts marching higher. And when it broke higher, it just went on a rope from 300 to 330. And I thought that was a great trade. And the reason why was because all these people are short around that big round number and it's so easy to be short and to justify that short because the stock just went up 40 points and it shouldn't be up here because of all these so, so-called one-time boosts that don't really matter in the long term. And it doesn't really, my point is it doesn't matter if that's right or wrong. What matters is everyone thinks that's the way it is and they got stuffed for a 30-point loser. And I think that's a trade that you can see from the buy side if you're thinking about how everyone's looking at this and what the positioning is. Now, in the next day or two, maybe we come back off. Maybe we go all the way back down. I don't really know. I'm more concerned with the logic of how that trade happened. And everyone, the market moves the most when everyone gets stuck. And everyone got stuck selling Tesla because they have really good reasons for, for doing so. It's kind of like um, if a bunch of smart people say you're right, then you must be right. So everyone joins your team. And then when you're wrong, there's a huge move the other way. And everyone just kind of leans on. On, on that stuff, on that easy opinion, on what everyone is saying, what the talking heads are saying, but price action says something else. So some people might have caught that trade based on technicals or volume, but if you think about the positioning, you could see clearly that everyone was stuck because they thought that the rally shouldn't have happened, and boy, did it ever happen in a big way the other way. I think that was a big reason why. So I'm going to start looking for more trades like this. I talk a lot about the stupid news trades because those have been, those are usually my best trades. But these, some of these earnings positions that create a, a narrative one way and then it, it has a justification for something. And when that doesn't work, it's a big move. So Roku is another one I'm going to watch because that's a really emotional stock and a lot of people really seem to like it and own it. So I'm going to watch that thing around earnings and see if something sets up. I'm not really sure which way yet, but. I'm going to be keeping an eye on that one. Um, another trade I saw recently was uh, Mark Zuckerberg was in front of Congress testifying about the Libra stuff. And there was a senator on there really negative on crypto and Bitcoin got tanked down to the bottom of the Bollinger Bands, bottom of their range, set off like a bearish head and shoulders pattern 
around 7,400, I believe. And then a couple of days go by and I've talked about the stupid news stuff before. We like to wait like a two or three days after. And it's at 10,500 as I'm speaking right now, which is just crazy that it would move up that much. I think there was some China news or something. But again, it, if you're buying something beaten down technically and you're waiting a few days and you want to maybe own it anyway and there's stupid news, it's, there's not really a better way to enter oftentimes, especially with stuff that's purely sentiment-driven like Bitcoin. Um, and some of these stocks, these emotional stocks. And if you're really small cap stocks, there's definitely fundamentals and there's a fundamental edge. But most of the market, most of the time, is sentiment. It really is. I mean, it's, it'll go to the long-term fundamentals, but what does that even mean? I mean, how are we going to find an edge in that over all these fund managers and hedge funds? But what we can do is figure out when there's an in, inverted yield curve fear or there's a trade war fear and you can look at put call ratios and all these different things to get an idea of when everyone's scared in something. And oftentimes you'll get a piece of stupid news at the bottom that makes it even more juicy. Another one was the bottom of the oil market was when China and the U.S. had that tariff dispute on oil exports. And oil between the U.S. and China, I think the exports that they were talking about putting a tariff on, it's like 10% of North American production or something. It wasn't even that big of a deal. It caused a huge move down after oil had already been beaten down, and that was the bottom for a while. And I think you just continue you continue to look for that in stuff that everyone's talking about. So when you have a group that everyone agrees is overvalued or undervalued, you have a pretty good idea that if everyone thinks something's overvalued, they're probably not, it's probably something that you can keep buying for a while because no one's stuck buying it because everyone says it's overvalued, right? And vice versa, undervalued. So maybe it is overvalued, but it tends to keep going up. And then a lot of times I notice when there's some kind of stupid news that doesn't really relate to the product or the asset class that pushes it up that extra bit, a lot of times that will be the turning point that I'll wait for, I'll look for. So I'm just finding other ways to, it's a simple strategy, but kind of you got to be observant and pay attention, but it's not something that's easily programmed. It's something that I think takes a little time to hone. It's more of an art form, but it's pretty clean actually. And it works especially well in thick liquid instruments. I don't really know any other way to try to time or trade oil, gold, index futures, things like that uh, in terms of a few days to a few weeks besides this strategy because it's so noisy and there's so many people trying to do it. So it's something that I have just been doing more of and doing it with larger size because it, it tends to work better and quicker than a lot of the other strategies I'm using. So kind of doing more of what works and less of what doesn't.